So hi guys, welcome back to the Afropolitan podcast. I think this is now episode 12. Um, obviously I know it's been a long time. I hope everyone had a good Christmas. I hope everyone's enjoying the new year so far. Um, today I'm continuing the series I started before Christmas, which is Ugandans in a creative industry. And again, today I've got a special guest with me, so I'm going to let her introduce herself. Thanks, Vinny. It's okay. Hi, everyone. Hope you're all okay. My name is Maureen and I'm a fashion buyer and the founder of Lux Fashion and Retail, which is a business um, consultancy specializing in fashion. And by the way, thanks for having me. You're Vinny. welcome. Thanks. Thank you for coming. Thank you. So um, obviously I know that we met after the Elevate 256 yeah. um, meetup on the Uganda independence yeah and obviously like you've just said you work in a fashion industry we also have that common commonality because I also work in a fashion industry yeah but if you could just tell us how you got into the industry and um like what your background is wow where do I start <laughs> <laughs> my background I mean where, where should I start job education or Anything. experience yeah both right I'll start with education because I always say um, education kind of it kind of blends in with what I did and how I started yeah. actually how I fell into um, fashion and stuff mm. um so yeah so in, in terms of education I went to um I went to Sarah Brunel school mm-hmm. in Stratford mm-hmm. did normal academic subjects mm-hmm. like history maths you know just the normal stuff and then yeah. um went to Monarchs College in Wolverhampton shout mm-hmm. anyone from Monarchs mm-hmm. um did my A-levels there and my A-levels were quite academic yes. um in a sense where it was just I literally studied English, history, law, mm-hmm. and then general studies, which is what everyone had to do. Yeah. So, so in- that's so weird because for A levels, I did for in year twelve, I did English history. Really? Yeah, I did English literature and language, history, law, and um, sociology. Oh God! But I hated sociology, so I switched to class classical civilization, and I hated yeah. law because we, we had to no, do a distance learning. No. So I dropped law in year thirteen. No, Sorry. I actually, do you know what? I'm the opposite. Mm. I I actually really enjoyed law at mm. A-level, but I hated history. Really? I hated history so much for my passion. Literally, like when I was at, when I was, because I did um, history at GCSE, mm, I really, really enjoyed it mm. because you were learning about like the social aspect of history and like you, you were doing everything. Mm. When I came to like A-levels, mm. it was just literally political history. Yeah, and yeah, I that's, it, like and that's like I'm just, us. I'm not a fan of British, like, I'm not a fan of like political history. It mm. doesn't interest me. Mm. But yeah, I mean, you I'll just come into class and I'll just be so bored and mm. like, literally like tears in my eyes because mm. of yawning so much. Mm. But um, but yeah, those were my A levels. And then mm. when it came to like um started, you know, applying for uni and stuff, um, I already knew I wanted to go into fashion because mm. that's something I really wanted to do since I was like 13, 14 yeah. life. I knew I wanted to go into it yeah. from a very young age. Yes. So when it came to applying for, you know, my degree and like for which you need to go to and what course to study, it was quite easy for me yeah. because it was literally down to, right, I'm going to do fashion and textile management or yeah. fashion buying and merchandising because yes. I knew that's what I wanted to go mm-hmm. into. Not necessarily the design side, but more the business side yes, yes. because that's what I enjoyed. But then when it came to like also what uni mm. I wanted to go to, I didn't want to, everyone was trying to, you know, everyone was going to like Kingston and like Brunel and mm. all the local, yeah. all the local unis. And yeah. I felt like coming from Monarchs, like Monarchs College, everyone like literally about half or even more were going to those unis. Mm. And I didn't want to stay in London because again, like I've always lived, I've lived in London all my life. Mm. It just didn't make sense. So I went to, um, I went to Nottingham Trent Uni. Yes. 
So I went to Nottingham Trent Uni to study fashion and textile management, but then I changed courses. Mm. I changed to psychology, Mm. which I can go into more detail as well Mm. later on if you like. My dad basically didn't want me doing fashion um, fashion because, you know, Africans. I know. Even I I had to struggle to do my course as well. Oh, really? What did you? Because I did retail buying... um, Textiles at yeah. Montreal University, and I even applied for the fashion textile management at NTU, but they didn't accept me. No, do you know what? They didn't N- no, me. NTU were really, really good. I can't, I can't lie. Like, NTU really good at that. But I felt, I know, I did hear about like retail management as well. I think they did it at Manchester Uni, mm. and that was one of the. Um, but retail, I did retail buying. Retail buying. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. so that's literally just buying in it for retail yeah. rather than like. It um, was like because. They had like two courses and now when I was graduating, they changed it. But there was retail buying textiles and there was retail buying fashion. Yeah. So the fashion side was kind of like more design. Yeah. And then because I don't, was on a textile pathway, mm. we kind of did things like testing and there was kind of more on the science, like more technical. Oh, but like then that's more like the garment tech side, isn't yes, it? Yes, like, exactly. But I used to yeah. hate those lectures because I was like <laughs> you. I didn't, I didn't, um, yeah. all my things are academic. I didn't have like business management yeah. I didn't even do that for GCSE I was really crap at textiles and sewing so yeah. I didn't have that um what's it called I didn't have that creative those creative um yeah. courses mm-hmm. or subjects I was more on the business side like you. yeah so even when I was applying like not all universities were accepting me because I didn't have like a textile um a level or business yeah. so the only um Universities that accepted me were Man Met and yes, De Montfort. Man Met and DMU. But oh my God, I think like you were saying, everyone goes to Man, like so many people go to Man Met. Yeah. Like one of my managers, um, my previous company, he was saying that people used to sit on the floor in the lectures because the yeah, lecture because that's was how so packed full. it was. I remember when I went, um, Man Met's open day. Yeah, it was packed. I went with my mum. And the first thing I was like, oh my God, like literally we got there really, really early anyway. Because, mm. you know, my mum's like, okay, we need to get there on the time. You know, mm. you can't be late. It's going to mm. be bad. Obviously, I didn't even got into the uni anyway. Mm. <laughs> you know, African parents are. Yeah. So we got there and literally when I say like the whole hall was full of, mm. it was packed out. There were people standing at the back as well. Mm. And I didn't realize how much fashion was like, how, like how big, and, yeah, yeah, people were really, really on that subject. Yeah. And in fact, and another thing that hit me was it's just all girls. Mm. So that was another thing where I was like, oh my God, am I going to go? That's another reason why I decided to change courses as well. Because oh, really? it, was, it wasn't even just because of like, you know, because my dad, but it was just a range of things. Like mm. I felt like it just thinking about it, I knew I wanted to go into it. Mm. It was what I was going to do, regardless of what degree I do, I'm going to go into it. But then also just too many girls. And I'm a, you know, I prefer chilling with guys and stuff. Mm. And obviously you shouldn't really base anything on that because, mm. but I'm more of like a, a guy person I like yeah. mandem in it I like yeah. chilling with guys and stuff so with that I was thinking is this really for me considering yeah. I went to an all-girl secondary school oh from really so how did Sarah that Bunnell. how did that um switch happen from Sarah Bunnell? no as in like being because I've always I want to a mixed school but even when I have children I want them to go to a mixed school See, I don't I know what it was well. like I don't I know what not. I think my dad wanted me to go go to it because we had I had like I had a cousin who went to Cerebonel mm. and she was doing really well. And back in the day, like back in the late 90s, Cerebonel was like the best school in Newham mm. to go to. Mm. And I think that's probably where, my, that's why my dad wanted me to go there because mm. it's, it had a good reputation. It was mm. an all-girls school. You're not going to have boys disturbing yeah, you yeah, and all that yeah. kind of thing. And you know, when you're young, you just do what, you know, yeah, you know, just you do just it. Do I what thought, you no, do, yeah. yeah. So when it came down to it, I'm like, no, I'm not going to, I've been with girls all my life. I can't mm. be doing it. 
I'm gonna go. And oh, do I this. think most. So that was like never like actually you want yeah. something completely different. I want yeah, because yeah. I found like Molex was so cool. Like all the guys like chilling with the guys. Like we even had a recording studio. We'll go in and like hear people doing their music. Because mm. back then grime was just getting yeah, there, yeah. you know. So that was also another reason, but also, but then I checked, but by doing psychology, I also enjoyed it. Mm. I, I'm a, I'm, I really, really love like social sciences and like mm. learning how people behave and like why they do the things they mm. do. So that was a really an easy choice for me. Mm. And then after graduating, I'm, I just literally booked myself in for like little short courses. Mm. Um, I was looking at YouTube, like constantly on like, buying and merchandising like a day in a life I bought loads of textbooks and I self-taught myself the principles of buying and merchandising mm. so when it came down to like um applying like applying for jobs and stuff and like getting my first role mm. it was quite not easy but I knew what I was saying and I think mm. that's probably what stood me you know I think that's probably why I stood out from everyone else mm. because I was willing to go Above and beyond. Mm. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, okay. So now, because I was going to ask you what inspired you to sort of work in the industry, which you've touched on. Mm. And obviously you mentioned as well that you have your own business. Yeah. So can you talk to us about that more? And yeah. Um, so yeah, what it's about. Um, and like, if you can, not, you don't have to expand so much, but maybe what your long-term goals for the business mm-hmm. and so forth. Um, yeah, so um, I set up Lux Fashion and Retail um, Consultancy. So I call it short for Lux because it's such a mouthful saying the mm. whole thing. Um, I set that up probably about two years ago, but I had the idea about three years ago. And mm. the reason why, um, how did it ha- like come about? It's because I think on my Instagram and like my status updates, you know, I was constantly putting up like my day, like the day in a life and like just, I was just showing what I was doing on a daily basis. Mm. And I think, and I had a lot of people approaching me, like DMing me and stuff, just asking, you know, people who were interested in like setting up their own, you know, their fashion business yeah. and like they want to launch their own online boutique or whatever. Mm. And I think just by getting a lot of people on that, and I was literally giving them so much information, like people like, you know, things like I had one person, like, you know, one com- one person, he, he's doing really well for himself. And, Mm. you know, he approached me asking him how, you know, asking how he can grow his company and stuff. And, you know, I was able to give him that information and he's doing so well right now. Mm. And, you know, just by getting people approach me and whatnot, um, I feel afterwards, I I kind of sat down and I thought to myself, like, I could easily just do this on a side, Mm. aside my nine to five, I can actually do this properly because people are, the people do need help. Mm. People are struggling. Like, you know, you know, when you work in the industry, it's so easy for you to know what's happening. Mm. But I feel like in the fashion industry, everything is just so closed and everything's so secretive. They're not, you know, people are not as willing to share ideas and like with other companies, obviously your competitor and stuff. Mm. People are not willing to help as much as you can. And I felt... I, I. you know, I reached that stage, you know, a point in my life where I am, I am, what's it called? I had worked for all these companies, you know, I've worked for like New Look, I've worked for m and I've worked for, mm. you know, I've worked alongside like Zalando, Zalora, I've worked for Debenham, Select, and also ASOS. Mm. And it was one of those things where I felt like it's time for me to just step out and try and help the smaller brands. Mm. So with Lux Fashion and Retail, it's a business consultancy, as I mentioned earlier on, mm. and what we do, what I do is I support startups, mm. established brands, 
in terms of like every, all aspects of fashion business. So, mm. you know, I have consultancy services in, you know, um, fashion business planning. So in the mm. planning aspect, we can plan your your product range to make it mm. more profitable. Mm. We look at your marketing strategy. We look at, we can work, you know, have an in-house designer as well, mm. which is quite good because it's so hard for a, for a startup to actually try and find a designer. Mm. If you're like me and you can't draw to save your life mm. and you want to start something, mm. it's always hard because then there's always a high rate. So I have an in-house, you know, someone who's in-house who can design for the startups. Mm. And then also most importantly, like manufacturing and mm. I work with like I have literally like a director of probably about five hundred manufacturers mm. who have like I've literally researched for the last God knows how long, mm. um, and they're able to like cater to small brands and mm. like private label companies because you know as a startup you're only looking at you know create you know making like probably about twenty pieces mm. per style exactly. per color as you know. Yeah. Whereas if you go to just any random regular manufacturer they're going to quote you at least a thousand pieces. Mm. So I feel just by focusing on the smaller brand, like the smaller startups and, you know, the independent brands, mm. I'm able to help and like give the experience, like give them my knowledge and also, you know, my experience mm. to help them as well. And I feel like it's been working well so far, mm. which, and, you know, I've had quite positive um, review. No, it's <laughs> People really have good. been like, you know, it's, really it's actually really good what you do. And it's so nice to, you know, when you get people DMing you or messaging you and stuff, mm. just saying, oh, I'm really proud of like what you're doing because no, you don't I really get a lot really of people, you don't really get a lot of people who are doing that kind of thing. Mm. Everyone wants to, you know, nowadays everyone wants to own their own brand. Everyone wants mm. to start up their own fashion company. And it's, you know, if I can just try and bridge that gap and just help out, mm. then I'm more than happy to. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So what does, you know, you were talking earlier about how um, that you wanted to do the fashion buying course. Um, <clears throat> sorry, the fashion, you, went, well, you wanted to do a fashion degree in the beginning, but yeah. then in the end you started it and then you're like, actually, no, I'm going to do something else. Yeah. How have you, how has it been for you being a creative and also being Ugandan? You know, we talked earlier about like, oh, you know, how African parents are, they always want us to do like traditional yeah. roles, like doctor, accounting, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, the more to lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. So how have you found it being a creative and also being Ugandan? I feel like, firstly, because my parents are obviously both Ugandan. My dad, my mom is quite easy. She's more chilled mm. out. She's always been supportive and like, you know, with whatever I do, like, which is quite good. Whereas my dad has been more, you need to do either, you know, as a typical Ugandan parent, mm. law, accounting, mm. yeah. medicine, mm. those are the key careers you need to do. So, mm. you know, when I did say I wanted to do fashion, because, mm. you know, he sat me down, like, I, you know, called me downstairs, mm. told me to sit down. What are your opinions on uni now? What do you want to study? And I told mm. him I want to do fashion. Mm. Like, I confidently said, I'm going to do fashion and textile management. Mm. And in his head, he didn't know what fashion was, I mm. don't think, because he thought I wanted to like get a degree. Fashion, like and work. fashion design. Yeah, he thought I wanted to do, not only that, but he thought, in terms of fashion, I wanted to get a degree and then work on a shop floor. And I, sales I hate that like, stereotype. Yeah, I hate that stereotype. That's such a typical stereotype for an yeah. African or even a black, like, yeah. and back then, like, because I went to uni like 2005, mm. 
the mindset has changed a lot. I think, yeah. So you're looking, we're talking about what, 15 years ago. The mm. mindset has changed compared to now. Mm. But back then, my dad was like, no, you can't be doing fashion. What African parent, no, what African person or what black person do you know mm. is in fashion and mm. they've made it? I'm like, mm. but I'm going to do it because this is what I want to do. Mm. And he was like, you need to have a think about it because if you do, you're going to fail. You're not going to do as well as you, you know, as you as you uh, you expect to. Mm. Whereas my mom was like, no, if, you, if that's what she wants to do, you can do it. Mm. So all those things, it kind of made me try and reevaluate everything. And, yeah. and I still, you know, and I feel like, right, okay, even though he doesn't make, even though he's annoying, he does make a point, like, in a sense mm. that, right, you're going to do fashion. You're going to do a degree in fashion. You're going to go into fashion. When you're older, are you going to do fashion? Mm. So then I thought, right, let me do psychology because psychology I can, I can fall back on. Mm. When I'm like in my 40s or 50s or whatever and I can't be bothered doing fashion or anything like that, at least mm. I'll have something, a different career path to go into. Mm. So that was how I um, found it. But now it's weird. Like when you think about then and now, my dad loves what I do. Mm. It's really weird. Like, you know, it's, it's weird. Like when he's, you know, shopping and stuff, because I get discounts mm. for quite a lot of companies and stuff. Mm. And he's able to like use that discount. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. this is a very good job you have. This is yeah, a very good job. Yeah, and I'm yeah. thinking, hold up. Do you remember back in the day when you yeah. didn't want me doing fashion? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like in that area, it's changed so much. And I feel like a lot of Ugandans mm. here, they're also, you know, they're also like going towards the more creative side mm. as well, which I really, really love because... You know, no one's really doing that typical. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to do. Mm. I'm going to be an accountant. I'm going mm. because now they have the freedom and they've seen things working for other people mm. and they can speak up. Mm. You know, we have the opportunity now. Mm. Whereas back then, as Ugandans, I don't think we had that opportunity. So mm. when it, you know, when I hear Ugandans are doing their own fashion line or they're doing something, even like this, like the mm. podcast. Mm. It makes me happy because mm. it's like, wow, like, okay, like mm. we have something to shout about. People yeah. will know Ugandans as we're doing something yeah, creative. Precisely. We're not yeah. just keeping quiet and, yeah. you know, just letting people do other things. That's and, what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's good. And I feel like that's something where, you know, we need to, we need to literally continue growing mm. and like trying to show that we do have talent. Exactly. Not just in, I don't know, because when people think of Ugandans, they think of, to me, people back in the day, people used to think Idi Amin. I still get that. <laughs> My manager at work you know yesterday what? was like, "Oh, because I'm going, because I'm planning to travel to Uganda yeah. soon." And he was like, "Oh yeah, Idi Amin. Oh yeah, I remember Milton Obote. Blah blah blah." Like, hey, like that was back in the day. Like you can't talk about something. Like we have we experienced that. We mm. don't even know who he like. We we weren't even in that. That's what I'm saying. In that around that in that period mm. of time. So. It's it's not nice to hear like okay that's all you think of us as. exactly there's so much we have musicians we mm. have we we have TV sh- we have a lot of things going mm. for ourselves and Uganda's a growing it's a young country because mm. I'm I, I do tend to visit Uganda quite a lot and mm. we are a growing country we're very young there's a lot of like there's a high percentage of um youth as well over there mm-hmm. very talented in like mm. designing mm. and that's something we need to showcase and highlight mm. so I feel. Just by that, when you look at that, times have changed. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, before you were saying that you did end up doing the psychology degree Mm -hmm. because you're saying later down the line, that's something you could fall on. Yeah. So a long term wise, because I know obviously, well, you are, you're in the industry, like in the nine to five sense and also in as your own, you have your own business on the side. Yeah. But where do you see... um, 
your, where do you see the company going long term? At the moment, long term, because at the moment, like, um, just to be honest, um, I've just finished my contract at mm. ASOS. Mm. So I felt it's easier for me to just do like a fixed term contract mm. where I'm able to focus on my business mm. um, full time because it's so hard. I mean, I'm sure you you know as well, like it's so hard to do a nine to five, come back home. Then you need to think about your own personal work. That's what I'm saying. You know, it's, it's really so hard. And especially in the industry that we're in, you it's, need, it's not always it's nine not, to five as well. It's not, it's not. <laughs> like, do you know, it really isn't. And mm. I don't think people quite understand mm. how it, it, how it actually is working in the industry. Mm. You don't wake up and you, okay, let's go. We're going to go to work now. We're going to see loads of clothes and we're going to mm. do pick shoots and all. It, it, it's not like that. Mm. And I feel like my, like, you know, like, Movies and stuff They don't give the right They don't mm. represent us in that way It's mm. That's not how an office environment is I feel like they always show like The more like PR The glamorous side It's yeah. always the glam, glamorous yeah. side Yeah But even so Even like With that side of it There's they don't show the sides where maybe you've got to pack up the samples, send them oh, back. Oh, yeah. Or to, when like a... Do you know what I mean? Or when there's like a production delay or when something hasn't, you know, some you know a particular product has failed testing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you failed testing and now you have to like literally redo everything all mm, over again. Or mm, when you have sign-offs and mm, like the directors don't really want you to sign off that product. So you mm, need to redo everything again. Mm, so they don't really see the stress of it. They just mm, see, right, you work in fashion. This is the kind of products you have. These are the images. Mm. Wow, it's doing mm. well. You know, it's not. Or people will have that stereotype, like you were saying earlier, when you know your people think like, oh yeah, fashion. Okay, so or oh, you work in a store, and that's why yeah. I don't like saying I like I work in retail. And I, 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 yeah. I you specify I work retail? in fashion. Do you know when you say you know when you say you work in um, retail? Do you not find people think you work in a shop floor? That's what I'm saying. That's why I say I work in the fashion industry, or I specify the company that I work for. Yeah. No, no, no. no. And you I say head you... office. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you don't say head office, they'll think you work in a store again. Exactly. <laughs> Do you know what? The amount of time, <laughs> ASOS is the only one where people actually know or it's understand. not. <laughs> when I first, like, when Ooh. I first got the job at New Look, like, that was my mm. first ever, like, job in mm. actual fashion buying and stuff. Mm. And I remember people were like, oh, you work at New Look? I'm like, yeah. Oh, they're like, oh, congratulations. Which store do you work mm. in? I'm like, no, no, no. I don't, I don't work in a store. Mm. I work in the head office. Mm. They're like, oh, I thought you worked in store. Mm. I'm thinking, doing what? That's what I'm saying. What am I doing in a store? Do, no disrespect to people. Because there's some people in, in like, in um, retail management that really love, like, being yeah, in the like, shop floor like, and stuff. But that's not for me, though. It's not, exactly. And I feel like I did that when I was younger. Exactly. And that's not something... Yeah. And that's where, you know, working at m and I started off working as a sales assistant mm. for a few years. And that's where I got the experience from. Mm. But, to, you know, like, you know, no offence to anyone who's working in there, but there are so many different career paths in fashion. Yeah, you can't just say, okay, I work it and I'm, I'm working. Which store are you at? No, it's not. Because mm. you can still work in the head office and do VM, like visual merchandising, exactly. but then you're still working with the stores, stores and you're still visiting stores like on a weekly basis. Mm. Or you can be the VM for that particular store. Mm. There's so much. And I feel mm. people don't really know, um, people don't really know the different career paths. Yeah, exactly. That's really true. Until you break it down, they don't really know the career paths and they don't know that you don't necessarily have to work in a store. You can work in head office mm. or you can work in a customer care um, um, or you office don't, as well. Like, even or you can that, do, do you distribution, you logistics and distribution. Be, um, you don't even need to be a designer. Exactly. The same don't get me started on that. That's, do not... <laughs> No, I had to say. It. I had to say it because in Uganda, it's either in oh Uganda. you're a designer 
Or do you not. work in a store That's what they think Do not get me started on that When I was in Do you know what When I first went to Uganda So my first time going to Uganda was God I can't remember how long ago it was mm. I must I was about Probably about 25 when I first went to Uganda mm. Or 27 That's I can't crazy. remember <laughs> I know I, I went to That's Uganda crazy That was my first time mm. In Uganda And I remember people were like What do you do? Yeah. I'm like I work in fashion Like I told them Oh you're a designer I'm like no I'm not a designer And then Over time I got to understand That people Don't really know They're not People over there They're not as fami- they're not familiar mm. at all with the different, you know, the different mm. areas of um, fashion. Just like if you meet a Ugandan over there, you know, it's no offense to them. Like, no, uh, you know, and I mean no disrespect whatsoever, but they're, you know, everyone's a fashion designer over there. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm sure you, we've had this conversation. I'm sure I've had this conversation with many people before, people who are actually in the industry here mm. and they're Ugandans or even like just Africans in general. Like, mm. you can't say, you're a designer, you're a fashion designer. If you do not know what a fashion designer, <laughs> what your what a fashion designer does. Mm, because mm. to them, you can buy 10 pieces of this and then you're gonna call yourself a fashion designer mm. confidently. Mm. I'm like, where'd you get the confidence mm. to just say you're a fashion designer? Do you know? Because it really annoys me. Because <laughs> what the thing is, for my dissertation, yeah, I actually went to Uganda. I was like there for three weeks. Yeah. And like I set up interviews with like different people within the industry. Yeah. And then I was just like, can like our designs and fabrics fit in within the market? And like when I was doing research, like there was, there's like such a big, um, a big inch. I mean, obviously now it's changing because when I did my dissertation, I was like in 2012. Yeah. But you know, there's so many. You had like a good eight year. That's yeah. like this, there's this whole big industry of like secondhand clothing. Do you in know Uganda, what I mean? Yeah. Like a know market, but, things like that. Yeah. Then you have like you're saying a lot of designers. Mm. Obviously there are designers in Uganda that literally are trained they've either trained abroad yeah. in the UK or in Italy or whatever I know there are designers that there that know their craft yeah um but then you do have like other designers that just buy stuff maybe come to the UK go to America yeah. buy clothing from the high street brands here yeah then and they then, then, then go it, and then they go and, and they sell distribute it. it yeah so that is not design like I've I can't remember like I can't on top of my like on top of my head like there are a lot of designers over there in Uganda mm. like don't get me wrong they are very really ta- talented mm. but then I feel the big the big problem is it's like you said like you've got the second hand clothing like mm. a, a win, you know you've got a, a winner market and all the other mm. I can't remember the names of the yeah, other markets yeah. but a winner is the one that stands out to me because mm. I feel so many people in Uganda buy more second hand clothes mm. and they buy it for themselves to wear so it's not like fashion, sorry, I'm going to, fashion designers mm. or people who are actually buying and selling over there. It's not working for them because mm. people, you know, you need to think about the demographic. Mm. You need to look at the wider picture. Mm. The reason why more, most people buy secondhand clothes is because the prices are catering to what they can afford. Mm. You can't put, you can't mark something. You can't sell something in your boutique in Uganda for 400,000 shillings mm. And you're going to aim it to a typical U- Ordinary Ugandan mm. When you can get the same thing at a winner market for 20,000 mm. There's just no research There's no You don't really know who your target customer is mm. And which brings me to the point where When I was in, when I was there in December I did mm. hold like quite a few um, I held like one-to-one consultancy sessions mm. With people who actually have their own boutiques Or people who were like actual designers and stuff mm. And what was quite interesting is the fact that over there, I don't think they have that professional knowledge of how to run a, an actual product yeah. business. Yeah. They know they can buy, 
But in terms of selling it, like mm. I asked one client, like, okay, so you're selling this for this amount. How did you come up with the price? Did you do you have a pricing strategy? Who are mm. you targeting? Who's your target? Mm. And these are the simple questions you would expect to you would be able to answer over here, mm. but over there, they're not able to. Mm. They will just say, ah, oh, but it's for everyone. Mm. But that's not how in business, that's not how it should, you know, especially mm. fashion business. There's so many people selling the same thing. Mm. Why is your product for 400K when I can get it at a winner market? And that's the reason why a winner market is going to continue thriving and growing because mm. the second hand, okay, fair enough, it's second hand, but people are buying it because it's cheap. Mm. If you're to reduce your, your prices and match what they're selling, a winner market are selling at, mm. then you will be able to make more money as well in that sense. Mm. But I feel... With some Ugandans, it's all about quick money and like, I need it quick. I'm going to get money now. And that's mm, it. Mm. You're not thinking long term. Mm. And it's for show mm. because it's a trend. Mm. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, but. <laughs> I'm I, not trying to cuss anyone or anything. No, but, but that's just my own opinion and what I have, what I see from going back and forth and interacting with different people. Mm. Like, yeah. That's really interesting that you said it's. For sure, because... It's a fashion. I feel like it's a trend. It's like you want... Okay, now you want to be a designer. Mm. You want to be a designer because you've seen people do it. And mm. it's like, oh, I thought you were doing this. Okay, you've gone to this. It's like, pick a niche, master it, mm. and then move on to the next thing. That's what I mean. That's why, like, as much as I am obviously really patriotic, mm. and, you know, I go home like you yeah. every, often and stuff like that, I don't know, like, at the same time, I do have to be critical of our own people. And I think, yeah, like, when you, you have to, when otherwise, you, when we you won't grow, to, like, we're not South grow. Africa, Ghana, Nigeria, they're thriving, mate. They're like, they're they are like on that. fashion industries are smooth. They're on, a, they're on another level. And that's like, I'm not being, I'm not putting us down. Niche. They that's, know what and they, they're yeah. like, this is us, this is our culture, this is our identity. Yeah. But we embrace it. And do you know what I mean? They embrace it and cult they, yeah. they embrace their culture and everything. Yeah. Food, music, everyone. Art, and everything. you see us, Ugandans, East Africans, again, I'm not being rude or anything, but why are we We're incorporating? Too much copy, copy, why are we copy. incorporating their culture? Okay, they have jollof rice. Yeah, I get that. Okay, mm. we have pilau rice. Mm. Show people that that's what we have. Mm. You see them wearing their um, gele and all this. Mm. Okay, why am I seeing gele being worn at Ugandan weddings if you're not marrying a Ugandan or like, you're do you know joking. what I mean? I've no, seen that. You're joking. It's a Ugandan, <laughs> Ugandan wedding and I'm seeing Nigerian clothes. Where? Where? If you're it's a Ugandan, joking. I swear, I swear down, I'm not even lying to you, yeah? Traditional Ugandan wedding. And I'm like, the both couples are Ugandan. Mm. Ugandan, like, you... You grew up there. Mm. You're not even from here. So you've, you've not even experienced the Western culture mm. to interact with different countries. But why? Mm. Why not be proud of what your identity, like your culture and your, mm. your identity and who you are? There's nothing wrong with wearing like other, con you know, other countries' traditional mm. attire and stuff. Mm. That's fine. But we need to embrace ours as well and mm. not copy. Like you said, copy. Mm. We shouldn't be copying like music. We why are we copying? Like... Just these little things. The we can go the into the music. I'm the not music, even going to get started. No, I'll be here forever. Why am I hearing people sounding like Jamaicans? That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. No, and I'm sorry, that. I can't. 
Why some am I here? Music, no. Some music, uh, some songs I really like. And like, I think when no, I go back I home, that's, that's when I appreciate the music more. Yeah. But that's why you won't see me go to these events. And I know it looks bad because I go and see Nigerian artists or no, but other artists. Like, but it's, it's just they're, different. They're embracing their own culture. Yeah. Every time that same beat, you know that, I don't know what the... What, the Nigerian beat? No, the same um, like the reggaeton beat on every Ugandan Ugand- song. All I know is I hear Ugandans with like... A Jamaican accent. You're gonna say, "Yeah, me, I can't take it." I'm thinking, hold on, where is Jamaica in this? We're in East Africa. Like, did you go to Jamaica and live there? It's because they love. Why Bashman. are we doing? I get you I love, love Bashman. Bashman like, well. I get you love Bashman, but there's you don't need to copy a particular. Like, you don't need. You could do Bashman, but don't put on a Jamaican accent mm, mm, because mm. you're not Jamaican. Mm. Do you get what I mean? It's like mm. me putting on. A Nigerian. I'm not Nigerian. I can't even. I, I'm not good at accents. Mm. It is what it is. Like, mm. but I'm not imitating. I'm not copying that. That's what I'm saying. Don't copy. It's like fashion. Don't copy. Obviously, fashion. Everyone copies everyone, but mm. do it in a in a more respectful, decent way mm. as well. Mm. Don't just have a reason why you've done it. Mm. Have a reason why you decided to have a store. Have a reason why you want to do this kind of music. Yes. Know why you're doing it. Embrace yeah. your culture. Talk about it. Mm. Because even now, like going back to the music, when you talk to your friends who are not Ugandan, what kind of music, like, do they ask? I'm sure they probably ask you, like, what music, what Ugandan artists do you have? And and apart from Eddie Kenzo that I've heard of. I don't I don't think they really know you can. And that's what we need to do, yeah. Mm. And that's what we need to do. We need to And now, oh okay, now big chill. Put it after. Yeah, me. see him. I like I, hey listen, now I bang that song yeah. out in Uganda. <laughs> that that is a very Ugandan. That's a I, very Ugandan. That's song. a very I really, really like that song. That song has put it's us very up authentic. there, like yeah. From time I was hearing like all these like Nigerian artists and like Tewa Savage, Olamide, um, you know, with all these people, and then he went to perform in Nigeria in December. That's what I'm saying. He went. Did you that see that? Is vi- what I want. I want do something. Listen, creative did you see and the video of um, what's there, it called? Like, um, the video of Cardi of Offset dancing yeah, that's to the it. One. Yeah, I'm like raw. Like I, know. I was like, wow, that's Ugandan. You know, I know. You know, and that's what we need to be doing. Mm. Like embracing, bring something out that other people are going to recognize and be mm. like, oh, wait, part of the... Oh, that's Ugandan. That's a Ugandan artist, ain't it? Mm. You know? And with him, I really hope, like, he continues bringing mm. out bangers and stuff because he's done well with that song. I'm telling you. Yeah. He's done well with that song. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. So now, we're going to have to finish now, but before we finish, <laughs> yeah. the last question I have for you yeah. is what does being Ugandan mean to you? <laughs> I know we've obviously touched on, like, our What does being what... Ugandan mean to me? Okay. Um... For me, it just means simply um, being able to relate and connect to people who we're, you know, similar to. Like, so mm. when for me, being Ugandan is you go to an, you go to an event or you go to you go somewhere and you hear someone's Ugandan and you have that connection straight away. Like mm. being in London, like growing up in London from, you know, or living here all my life. The only like Ugandans I met were had were cousins and stuff. Mm. I had co- those were the Ugandans. I those are the only Ugandans I knew. Mm. But now it's like when you go somewhere, you go to like a completely different place, and you meet someone they're Ugandan, and it's like, yeah, you're Ugandan. Mm. Where are you from in Uganda? How often do you go there? Mm. It brings that sense of like, I'm calm. I'm here. Like I'm home. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Because then you don't really need to try as hard because they get you. You mm. have. You can, you know, you have that relationship. Mm. So that's, for me, that's what being Ugandan is, like mm. being connected. Because if you're away from home, like here, at least you have 
people around you mm. can still bring that home vibe and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sounding a bit cheesy now. <laughs> no, but thank you so much, Maureen, for thanks, coming. Thanks for having really me. I appreciate it. Um, so the next episode, again, I'm still going to be um, talking about, you know, the creative industry and having another guest on. Um, I always forget to plug my socials so I'm gonna do it now I'm gonna make sure I do it so if you can follow us at um the Afropolitan podcast on Instagram so it's the T-H-E Afropolitan A-F-R-I-P-O-L-I-T-A-N podcast and then if there's anything maybe topics you'd want me to discuss or anything of you'd want to come on the show you're more than welcome to email the podcast so that's the Afropolitan podcast at gmail.com and Maureen, plug yourself. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, you can find me personally on Instagram. So my Insta handle is Maureen. More, sorry, I was going to say my email address. Mm. Ignore. <laughs> it's um, Maureen's World 100. And then Facebook, it's Maureen's World again. Um, and then if you want to reach to the Lux Fashion and um, Lux Fashion and Retail as well, it's just the Instagram handle is the same. Lux Fashion and mm. Retail, Twitter, Facebook, it's all the same. Mm. You can drop us an email, email or DM or give us a phone call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. If you're out there looking to start a fashion brand, <laughs> shout me. I'm telling you, honestly, yeah. But thank you again. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Take care, guys.